Hello, welcome to Throwing Light. My name is Brandi Walker. This is episode 103, a workshop on shadow work. Okay. Hello. So good to be here. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I recorded this a couple of months ago and it was originally a paid offering, but it feels right to share publicly. The audio might be a little bit funky, so bear with me, but I think that the content is really solid and it, and I wanted to share it with you. I wanted to gift it to you. So um, I hope that you're doing well. I hope that you're taking care of yourself and uh, exploring the inner depths of your amazing being. Okay, here we go. I did this before I, I came on, but I just am setting the intention that what comes through, um, like no harm comes through me or to me and no harm comes um, through you or to you. Um, and that this, or, or anyone who may listen in the future, um, and that this is for the highest good um, of everyone involved. So um, I'm gonna open up my notes and it's interesting, like, so I want to talk about, we're going to talk about um, my experience with shadow. So I'm going to share some, um, some stories <laughs> um, and, and then I'm going to talk about identifying your baseline, um, figuring out what you want um, triggers, archetypes, um, sacred space and power animal. Um, I'm going to talk about a concept from Carolyn, Dr. Carolyn Elliott, which is existential kink. Um, and, um, and then, and then this idea of radical acceptance, which I think is used in different ways than maybe the way I'm using it. Um, we're gonna talk about messages from your helpers, including younger parts of yourself. Um, there might be a couple of other little topics. And then um, we're gonna do a meditation walkthrough because um, this is experiential. So the the, the whole, the whole idea is that um, we, you know, and you're, you're, you're a body, uh, I, I don't know if body worker, is that um, a way that, <laughs> um, is that an acceptable thing to say? <laughs> um, okay. Um, but like, I'm not, like, I do somatic, I do some somatic uh, modalities, like as a therapist, but I largely, you know, live in my head. And so this, but it's meant to be experiential. Um, and then, and then I think I'm going to do, I, 
was sort of prompted today to do a little bit of like live channeling. So we'll see what comes through. Um, and and then and then if you have, you're the only one here. So if you have any questions, <laughs> we'll do, we'll do some questions. Um, so okay, my experience with shadow. So I think what is interesting is. Um, well, I'm trying to figure out where I want to start. So there are things in my life that, you know, and I think we all have them that I, that I don't like necessarily share publicly. And some of those things are super valid. Like we don't need to share our whole entire lives online. Um, and I try to be transparent and not show just like the highlight reel. Um, but I also try to be like a like a positive force or a, a, a online. And so I I have I mean just like anyone else, I have ruminations, I have like like these negative, this negative self-talk that runs through my head. Um and I'm a <clears throat> I would say I'm a very ambitious person, but I don't know if that's the right word, but I just, I have always strived, but I've always, <clears throat> it's like, um, I remember my mom saying, this is totally different, but my mom, when I was a kid used to say, um, your eyes are bigger than your stomach. Cause I, I would want this like giant meal and then I wouldn't be able to eat it all. And and it's kind of like that. Like I want this big, giant, amazing thing, um, but it's hard to keep up with that. And so part of the like self-talk is I'm not doing enough. Um, and often the tapes that play in my head are it's, I'm not enough. And at the same time, I'm too much. <laughs> um, there's too much stuff. Like clutter is a real problem in our house. And, um, and I take on that responsibility and whether or not, um, whether or not I should, or whether or not I, I part of like, so what's interesting is I have had this realization um, recently, and I've always kind of known this about myself. One of the things I don't share very often is that I love homemaking. I, I don't know what else to call it, but I love like gardening, like figuring out cool things like to, you know, do with the kids. Like I 100% want to, like I'm a passionate, like I couldn't imagine just doing that. And, and I, and I couldn't imagine not doing that. Like I couldn't imagine outsourcing that. And so I take on everything and to the detriment of myself and my family sometimes. Um, but I've, I really, I mean, if I'm honest, I've had, I've, been able to manage my own emotions, I've gotten to a place where I feel pretty stable. But the reason I say all this is because I've always kind of 
I've always had these tendencies. I've always been a striver and I've always want, like I've, I've, I've been a mom since I was 20 years old. So I've always wanted to do like the mom home thing. But until I was probably in my mid thirties, I did not have the emotional maturity or the emotional stability or the mental health resources to manage that effectively. And so, so my, my story is, you know, I, at 20, I got pregnant and I, I spent a couple of years just kind of like spiraling, um, getting into all kinds of things that I didn't need to be, that I didn't, that weren't good for me, that weren't good for my, my kid. Like it was, it was a bad situation. And then I had this like, come to Jesus moment. Like literally I, I went to Jesus and, um, and did like the Christian thing, but that brought with it, um, you know, some shame, <laughs> not just some, a lot of shame. Um, and I, and it didn't give me the resources to manage the emotional instability that had landed me in the spiral in the first place. Right. So now I was trying to white knuckle, <laughs> like as a, as a sober person, um, through navigate like life and, it, and, and I wasn't horrible. Like it really wasn't like I did, I did, I think as well as I could. And I think from the outside, it was like, I mean, even on the inside, like, so it was like fine, but then there would be these complete emotional outbursts where I just couldn't hold it in anymore. Um, and the process of, of figuring out how to navigate that led me, I mean, led me down this path that I'm on now, but shadow work came to play a huge part in it because what I realized is that the reason it was like erupting like that was because I was stuffing it. Like, I didn't want to admit that those were down there. So I was just like, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. And then it wasn't fine. Um, and then more shame and then more, and then you have to stuff it back under and then, you know, and then the cycle continues. And so I love shadow work. Like people don't like shadow work. People think it's like, um, you know, that it's, it, it seems like a drag. It seems like eh, the same reason people don't like therapy. <laughs> like, it's hard. Um, but I, and I get that. And it was super empowering for me to realize, oh, I have these parts of myself. And if I can just get to know them and give them a voice and allow them space to like share their story. And, and, and a lot of shadow work talks about like, um, they're, they're, they're showing up for a reason, right? So 
the party girl in me or the like so um we're gonna get into archetype work uh down the line but like um the prostitute the victim the you know all of those all of those pieces um were trying to protect me and not just trying to protect themselves like they were there was an altruistic piece of it and they have sort of like a a light manifestation and a and a shadow manifestation um and i think what's helpful and and we use the term light worker and we shadow work and um and i think that you know there's a juxtaposition between the lightness and the darkness but my paradigm is that there's not it's not um they're both they're both valid um if you and and it's when we demonize and that's why the christian paradigm didn't work for me when we demonize the darkness or the shadow within us then it has to go somewhere it still exists and and we live in this binary polarized world whatever this world is um and 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 it does seem like there's eve within us there's the masculine and the feminine um the yin and you know um and so yeah so that's kind of i guess um a very roundabout way of saying how i got into shadow work but then what happened um you know i think that my presentation online is very like sunshine and rainbows it's just like and it it's it's very like libran of me um it's not me like it's not whole, whole like i try to show both sides or all the sides i'm sure there's more than just both um but i i it's just the way that it manifests um i think and um and i and i think my tendency was just to try to be like i'm a social worker i'm a therapist like I work in a school, you know, helping middle school kids. Like there's a set part of me that just wants to do all the good. Um, and and so I, I wouldn't have called it like I was only focused on light work, but I was, right? Like I didn't, even as I got like my, my emotions under control, I really, I really tried to like, be pure be good um because we're taught that that's how we survive so like from a society like deeply ingrained within us especially i think uh well women um uh women you know of all genders um there is this that's how we got here <laughs> that's how we were allowed to be um and and that's real like our ancestors were killed <laughs> and were burned and were you know because they didn't fit in to the cultural paradigm of what it meant to be good um and so I didn't, but I didn't have this, uh, it wasn't until really 
I mean, I had done a lot of work, but 2020, I started reading this book, Existential Kink by Dr. Carolyn Elliott. Um, and, and her work, like her online work is, I feel like a little controversial and she's, she's an interesting character, um, but her book um, proposed that, uh, well, there were some really controversial, uh, controversial in that her idea of shadow work is, is that we manifest the life, we manifest everything. So her like little phrase is having is evidence of wanting. And that can become really, you know, problematic in, in a lot of different scenarios. Um, and she does say like, she's not proposing that chill, like these are societal things. Like she's not proposing that children, um, you know, who are abused or like that, that's not what she's talking about. Um, but it was a helpful paradigm for me. And what I found is when I went into the existential kink meditation, um, and got curious about whatever it was in my life that I didn't like, um, and allowed myself to think about what part of me does like it. Um, the part of me that did like it showed up immediately. And then, and then after the meditation, I was able to manifest it like within days. And that had never happened to me before. I have, I was like, I was so interested. I've always been like, I am, I am a believer <laughs> if nothing else. Like I believe in fairies and you know, like I, I think that I wanna be, I wanna be open to whatever idea is, is around angels, whatever it is, because if they show up to me, I want to be <laughs> like open to it. Um, but, um, and so I had, I had, was open to the idea of manifestation, but I hadn't experienced it like that. So um, I, we were, it was the two months into the pandemic and my husband, when I had just quit my job. My husband had, had lost, had lost the little, like he had just gotten a contract position right at the beginning of the pandemic, but lost it. And we couldn't get unemployment and it wasn't coming. It wouldn't come and it wouldn't come. And we were like, how are we going to pay like anything? And so I did this meditation on that and got real, like immediately something came up and I was like, I it was just some powerful experience of, oh, like there's a part of me that doesn't, that likes this, that likes the, the struggle. And like within the hour, the check came, <laughs> like it was like really crazy, like that fast. And then that same month I did it on, cause I had been trying to build um, an, an audience, a, a platform for like nine years at that point and had not gotten anywhere. Um, and I did, the same thing on, you know, what, and within, within the month or the week, or it was like really fast. I had, that's when I, I gained 10,000 on TikTok. Um, and 
and so it was it it um it opened something up in me and I was like oh there's a whole part of me that I'm like not <laughs> acknowledging and all and if I acknowledge it like things can shift rapidly um so I had kind of a really positive experience with shadow which I feel like is not always the case it can be it, I I don't know that it, I don't know that it's traumatic I think that I spent a lot of time terrified of the person, and this is real, the person that I feared that I was deep down. So I'm a three on the, are you familiar with the Enneagram? No, okay. Um, okay, well, I, then it won't make sense to you, but for anybody listening, <laughs> they are familiar with the Enneagram, I'm a three on the Enneagram, which is the achiever. And, and I, I, it, it, I want, and like, I don't kind of fit in the, the achiever paradigm generally, cause I'm not like in corporate, like, and I'm, you know, the reason I am honest to a fault is because I used to not be right. So that's how I got here. But, um, because of decisions I'd made in my past, I really felt like for a long time, especially while I was, you know, up till like, you know, the first 15 years of my adult life, um, I really felt like if people really knew me, like they would think I'm pretty, pretty awful. Like I really honestly thought that. And I didn't, I wouldn't have necessarily ar articulated that. Um, I think that that is a combination of some societal, some, some like we're, we're taught to, to loathe ourselves, um, not trust ourselves. Um, and then some of it was, um, things like things I had done to myself that had ingrained that thought. Um, and so I, I had, I had done a lot of that work, um, and I had, and I had worked through a lot of that in 2019, I worked with a life coach and really doubled down on learning to trust myself. Um, but I still, so, so I was, it wasn't that I wasn't familiar with shadow work or, or like working with my shadow side in a therapeutic way. Um, but but yeah, it was, it was shift. It was like radically shifting when I got to like, oh, this is the, this is the fun way to, <laughs> to work with, with shadow. Um, and so I think that, all right. So that's kind of, that's, that's my, that's my story. Um, I, I want to be really transparent because I feel like so this, it's funny because this whole thing is really bringing up a lot of my insecurities, right? Like um, I really envisioned a lot more people signing up. I really envisioned like, and I didn't envision, so my style of teaching is just always going to be I'm not like a super planner. Um, I never have been. And, 
and it works for me. But there's this piece of like um, fear of like, and, and to be a 100% honest, if you don't feel like you, you got something at the end of this, like, let's talk about giving your money back. Okay. Cause like, that's the transparent part because I, because I trust, I trust my process and I trust, um, my, I guess I trust my gifts, but like, I had this thought as I'm going into this session, like, I should have like slides. <laughs> like I should have like, you know, if I'm teaching, like I should have something more official and I can talk for a long time, but is that, does anybody want that? You know, and nobody signed up. So obviously nobody wants it. <laughs> um, so those are kind of like, that's my, and I, and I share that and I normally wouldn't. Right. But like, those are all things that I'll work with in this realm. And I think that what is helpful for me is that when we make friends with our shadow, everything becomes an opportunity to, I don't know, find more joy, um, experience life more fully. And if my teaching in general, not just this session, has an arc line, it's um, it's moving from... Uh, well, I've called it shadow to shalom because I really like the idea of like heaven on earth. Um, I think to get there, we have to be fully awake. And so many of us are not. And including myself, like like the, the, the way that... Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't, it, you know, I follow, I don't know if you follow Bruce Lipton's work or Joe Dispenza, but he like, um, they talk about this idea of, of waking up and how 95% of our lives are lived on kind of like autopilot. Um, and I don't know why that is. My sense is that if, things weren't like, like we're, this is almost like an upside down world and an autopilot's supposed to be really, really good. But I also think that we can get, we can get more awake. Um, and often I, I, the decisions that we make, we make out of shadow. We, I don't know if that's the right word, but we make out of fear, guilt, shame. Like we, we make those decisions um, because we're living in that autopilot, like constricted, like contracted way, because we don't trust ourselves because we don't trust the universe. Um, and as we, as we open out of that and just get really, really vulnerable with like, things could all go to shit, but like, but, but I'm going to show up fully in this moment. Um, I think that's when it gets really good. Um, so, all right. So identifying your baseline. So what is a baseline? Um, I think we all have, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's our, I think it's a combination of our natural tendency and, and our 
um, the kind of things that have been put on us throughout our life. But we all have like a manner of being. So my baseline tends tends to be when I'm when I'm not alive, awake, aware, anxiety. Like so, I'm just kind of a highly or I can be a highly anxious person. Um, and what's cool is like the flip side of that, like the same vibration is excitement. So I can kind of use the higher octave of anxiety to my benefit, but it's always kind of there. I'm never going to be like, I'm just never going to be super depressed. Like that's not like, sometimes I, I mean, I do get sad sometimes I do. And I have gotten depressed, but that's not my, that's not my, um, energetic flow. That's not where I sit. Um, but depending on kind of our experiences, everybody's going to have a different one. Um, so it's helpful. I think to like, think about where are you on the spectrum? And it could be like, you can, your baseline can change, right? So, and it, and it can change. And I just said, I'm never going to be like really sad, but I could be like, really like, I think you, you can change that can change. Right. So if it absolutely could, um, but it can also change for the positive. So you kind of get to decide where you want to go. Um, and I like being excitable. <laughs> it's working for me. Um, and I think that it also, this is a new idea to me, but um, I've been listening to, have you ever heard of Guru Jagat? No, she passed away last fall. Um, but I've been listening to re-listening to her teachings and she's a super interesting character. Um, but she, she talked about, she had, there was this, um, YouTube thing about planning for your success. And she said that like, we, we like, we want the thing and we, and we spend all our energy trying to, to get to like the dream but we don't, we haven't planned for the, the chi, the energy that it's going to take to have the dream, right? So like that was sh like super shifting for me, like uh, because that is so, it rings so true because the, the process of the, the energy that it takes to want to be like a super present mom, like create cool things in the home, like, and do this work that I'm doing, um, is just like, it's a lot. <laughs> and, and I want to have it. And I think that you can increase that, but I think that it was shifting for me because I felt like I just, there was something like I was just not doing enough or I was lazy or whatever the, the tapes in my head. Um, but anyway, that's kind of where I want to go is that dynamic, like the increase my energy. Um, so 
but it's helpful to acknowledge that I'm not there yet and that I only have so much energy and I have other things, you know, like all of it, right? So it's helpful just to acknowledge this is where I'm at right now. And there has to be a way that I can make peace with that um, before we can move on to, to what we want. So the next step is what do you want? Um, and people I've heard like since, I mean, I've been in this sphere since 2011 and Danielle Laporte has been talking about how do you want to feel for the last 10 years at least. And I think, and a lot of people do that. So they're like, that's like their big, I've, I've heard people like, let me just give you this amazing idea. Like, how do you want to feel? But like, that's to me, anyway, anyway, it's, it's old to me, but it might be new to them. Um, uh, but I think that what is helpful is to think about how do you not want to feel? Um, and I mean, obviously, how do you want to feel? But like, what are the emotions, um, especially um, fear, guilt, and shame? Um, anger is sort of a, it's an action emotion. It's, it, it can be easier to work with. It can also be a mask for sadness and that can, that can be like, so I work with a lot of people who are stuck in, in one of those four emotions. And I would say sadness is the hardest to work, to work on right next to anger that's masked, that's masking sadness because they can't even get to the place where they can admit for very good reasons, like no judgment. Um, but it's, it's, it's a hard place to be. Um, guilt and Brene Brown talks about like the difference between guilt and shame. Have you ever heard that? And I, and she kind of like says that guilt is like more of a helpful emotion. I don't, I, she is an expert. I don't know that that's like been my full experience. Um, as someone who was like spent my whole childhood being guilt tripped by a very loving mother. <laughs> like, um, I don't know that I, like, and you know, and I had a lot of shame. So shame was like a huge part of my constitution, right? Along with fear, because I have like an anxious baseline. Um, so um, I, I think anyway, so I'm, I was saying fear, guilt, and shame, but I think also sadness and anger are kind of like, I'm mix, I'm, I'm getting them. There's five, not three. <laughs> um, but righteous anger will ignite us to action, right? Which can be helpful. It can also be problematic if we're not in touch with our shadow, because then we can, we can project and like put all of the stuff we don't want to deal with inside ourselves onto someone else and make them the villain. Um, but um, when you think about what is my baseline and then what 
what is it that I want to work on? Um, and, and I would invite you either in a journaling exercise or in the, in the meditation we'll do later on, um, to be really honest. Um, and I think one of the things that I love about showing up in this kind of like spiritual, personal development, mental health, wellness space is that people are honest with themselves at least. And so there's a desire to admit, you know, because I, so, so, all right. So I don't always finish my sentences, but there's a desire to admit where we are and be honest and open about it. And I think that in this current climate, it can feel unsafe to do that um, sometimes. So doing that with ourselves first, if it does not feel safe to do it in the greater public, that's where, that's where we start. And then we get to decide like consciously and from a place of discernment, do I want to share this with other people? And if so, who has the honor of, of getting that information? Um, because we don't have to share it with anybody. Um, and it is a privilege for them to receive it. Um, and a lot of times I feel like what happens on TikTok but in social media in general on with like, like that's why I'm so glad I didn't have social media when I was a teenager, young adult, um, is because they just, they don't have that filter yet. And they just, they just want love and attention. Like we, like I would have shared the worst shit <laughs> like, because I just wanted love and attention. Like I just wanted validation and, you know, um, anyway, that's sort of a tangent, but I think that it's a helpful one in that as we share this, as we identify this and it, and it starts to bring up some like, Ooh, this is uncomfortable reminding ourselves that this is our information. We don't have to share it with anybody that we don't want to. Um, and so the next step is and this is like, this is where the meat is. This is where the like really good stuff is, I think. Um, becoming aware of your triggers. Um, so we all have them. Um, I, I think that it's hard to be awake and aware when we're triggered. Like the by definition, um, we're, tr we're, we're triggered to a place where we feel unsafe and we have to go, we have to react. Um, and so it's a practice of first acknowledging this is happening. I am being triggered. What I want to do is X, Y, or Z, whatever it is, you know, yell, drink, eat chocolate, coffee. <laughs> like there's a million things. Um, and, um, those are all my favorite things. <laughs> That's why I don't drink anymore. Um, but I, so when we have that, uh, 
when we have that awareness, when we cultivate that awareness, things get really cool because then we can consciously use that to, to, um, so I don't know if you're familiar with Amanda Flaker, but she talks about, and she's sort of gone underground, but she talks about like using our triggers, like we all have these fault lines. Like we all have these parts that are really, really tender and like volatile. Um, and if we can use those consciously, we can up level and, and, and in doing that, I'm suggesting that we can shift our, our baseline. That's, that's when, so like, as we, yeah, I mean, basically what I said, like, that's how we get there. Right. Like, and we can do it from a place of like thoughtful journaling, you know, all of that too. But when the rubber meets the road, then it gets real and we have like a cool opportunity but we don't think of it as an opportunity. We think of it as like something ruining our day. <laughs> um, and it, and it can, um, and that's, that's real too. And, and I think for me, one of the most important aspects as you start to do this work it, and as you start to get good at it and you're like, oh, I'm triggered and I'm doing this and like, I'm shifting and up-leveling and doing all that. Then you start to notice all the people in your life who don't and you're like I wish like maybe I should just tell them <laughs> like uh, all the ways that they're getting triggered and and that they could up level and and nobody wants to hear it right but what I truly believe and I have to believe this as a mother of kids who um can be very like can be triggered is that as, as they witness you shifting and doing that work, it's, it's going to have an impact. Um, so, um, meeting, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how, like, okay, so, it's weird. It's so weird because I'm teaching, but I'm like, it's just you. <laughs> it's not just you're um, a, an amazing, miraculous human being. Um, but um, I didn't think ahead of time whether I wanted to do the journaling like before or or like you know. Um, so I think, what do you? Let me ask you. Uh, would you like to? do some journaling right now about kind of some of these concepts we've talked about um or would you like to do it sort of after i finish like the whole like teaching part okay okay so archetypes so this is a whole like meeting your archetypes could be like an entire class on itself like it could be like a whole long thing um i think so let me tell you my experience because I think that there can be relevant and helpful um, without knowing all the in-depth. Have you ever done any archetype work? Okay. Um, so I became familiar through Caroline Miss's work. Um, 
and she proposes that we all have 12 archetypes and that four of them are the same. So we all have the victim, the prostitute, the saboteur, and the child. Um, and then there's eight that are unique to us. And she gives like this long list in her book of, I think it's called the sacred contract um, of different archetypes that you could have. And she has like a ton of exercises of how to like identify your archetypes. And I was super overwhelmed by that because it's like a lot of work. <laughs> um, so, um, and, and within the child, we all have a different child. So we might have like, the abandoned child or the eternal child, um, you know, kind of dependent on your upbringing and your childhood. Um, and, and again, with archetypes, they have like a higher vibration and a lower vibration. So even the saboteur, even the prostitute, even the victim has like that higher and lower. Um, and, so what I found, so I had written out like a whole bunch of the ones that I thought maybe I could have. Um, when I started doing the existential kink work with through the meditation that Dr. Carolyn Elliott outlines in her book, my archetypes just started showing up. And so that's how I met the vast majority of them. Um, I had an idea and I had written out a, some of them but then different ones that I hadn't even considered <laughs> like showed up. Um, I think it does help if you're familiar with, you know, general, like, so there's a lot of them, but we all know them. Like they're ingrained in our stories, in our movies, books. Like it, it's a part of the ethos. We tell these stories because that is, you know, that is a part of us. And the, the idea that um, Dr. Miss, presents is that there are uh, it's like um so she calls it they live in our like eighth chakra and it and it's the thing that connects us to the collective unconscious which was I think not just put for it's uh I think young um who was one of the founding psychologists um was credited for that. And I think that he actually got it from indigenous um, peoples because that's where we got all, <laughs> all our wisdom. <laughs> um, so yeah, but it's this idea that there's like within us, there's like these archetypes that, that we all connect with. And maybe we, we have our like set 12, but also we're in some profound way, like we, we know all the rest and we're, and we might've had experiences with them in different, in different ways. Um, so, um, I think that you can do this, like, I think you can, you can do this work without knowing your archetypes. Um, but you can even start with one that you know you have, like, you know, just, even just that childhood part of us. Um, and so um, I'm sh shifting now. There's, um, I put these in a weird order. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about, I'm gonna move things around, but 
you don't have my outline, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so I was trained in this therapeutic modality called comprehensive resource model, which sounds really boring um, and is actually one of the coolest things <laughs> um, that I that I've ever done. Um, and it's wild to me that this is, you know, it's it's very, it's very, I guess in line with that, like um it's very it's very in line with like the woo-woo, I guess. Um, but she's the Lisa, I'm trying to think of her last name, but anyway, the creator wrote it in such a way that it sounds very official. And I think it is very official and super like they've done a lot of studies to, you know, um, I, we're not going to worry so much about like the evidence-based part of it, but, um, but I think that um, in doing that work, one of the things she talks about is creating a sacred, sacred place or sacred space, but it's like using your imagination to create a space in nature, usually in nature, where you can do difficult, brave work. It's not a place that you have visited like in the past or have an association with, um, I'm sure in rare circumstances it could be, but the idea is that it's kind of fresh and it's a place where you feel kind of at home. Um, and then, they also introduce you to what they call your power animal. And you have this, and it could be also a being or, or, or a guide. It doesn't have to be an animal, but um, you know, animals are, are, they're like our teeth, like they're so, probably so much wiser than we are. <laughs> um, but like I, in doing this work, it's, I found that most people have an animal that shows up that just feels like really right for them. Um, you don't necessarily want it to be a baby animal because you want it to have some wisdom, some, some ability to kind of like give you that help. And of course, like you could say the punchline is like, it's all inside of you, right? Like whatever wisdom you receive, it's it's coming from within and 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 so have you ever watched Harry Potter? Okay. Okay. So in the last scene when after Harry in the very last did you watch number 7? Okay. So Harry Harry dies, he sacrifices himself. Um and he he meets Dumbledore in like a train. It's kind of like a train station and at the end after their talk um, Harry says, is this real or is this all in my head? And Dumbledore says, of course it's in your head, but that, why would that mean it's not real? Um, and so that's kind of how I, that's how I approach channeling. That's how I approach, um, all of this. Like it's, it's real because you're having an experience and you're receiving wisdom. And if it doesn't, if that doesn't happen, if, if it doesn't feel like wisdom, then, then yes, we need to <laughs> take a moment. Um, the, the work of CRM of the, uh, that modality is connecting to the younger parts of yourself for 
it's it's like they broke off like they there's a there's been a rift um and there was a moment where they didn't feel safe anymore crm eventually goes on you it goes to ancestor and can go to past life work um but i've only been taught the sort of the the original like with the younger parts of yourself um but i found it very therapeutic to talk to like my 16 year old self as my 40 year old self because at 16 I just thought I was bad, you know, like I didn't have the framework. Um, and so I can, I can share that that's not true and have that like repairing within myself. Um, but also she has wisdom, like our two-year-old self and our eight-year-old self. And, and like, we have wisdom that we didn't realize we had at that moment. And that was often invalidated. And so sometimes that part of us shows up and they're like, no, like you need to, you know, and, and that can be really, you know, powerful. Cause we're like, Ooh, okay. Um, but for our purposes, like, as you start to get into shadow work, just connecting, you can connect with your younger parts of yourself by writing to them, um, by, doing a meditative like dialogue um there's there are all, we're not going to necessarily go there today but there are all kinds of ways to like connect with and i encourage you to do it because i feel like it's a safe i feel like it's a safe thing to do and 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 obviously there could be there absolutely could be occasions where you don't want to revisit without a professional because it doesn't feel safe and if it doesn't like don't um but i mean in kind of like a general uh way um, um and then i think that in addition to our you know our power animal our sacred space our younger parts of ourselves um connecting with whatever guides have shown up um, this far on our, on our journey, as we begin to do this work, um, maybe those need to come first. So if, you've, if you have had, if you've experienced a lot of um, trauma, um, connecting with um, a part of yourself that is whole and unbroken, um, because that part of you absolutely exists, can feel very therapeutic, very healing and can help you. Cause like the work of shadow, right? Is, is to acknowledge often the ways in which the parts of us that we don't like. So if you've had a lot of trauma, that can feel really difficult to, to do because, because you've been told, I mean, there are a lot of reasons, but may, you know, like if you've been told you're bad for a lot of your life, then go like going to that place can feel really unsafe. Um, so I say all this, go at your own pace, but I found, and I wouldn't necessarily call myself somebody who's had a lot of trauma, but I, 
I have had some, and I found that for me, um, trauma work within shadow work has been super beneficial to my mental health, um, if that makes sense. Um, um, so, yeah, so I mean, we're kind of like the, the work of, like I mentioned a couple times, um, the work of existential kink is, is what, what do you like, do you're not, what do you like about this, what happened? We're not going there. We are asking, what do you like about the emotion that was triggered? Um, and, and how is it helping you? Um, and, and then pay, like kind of opening up for an archetype or um, let's say an archetype to, uh, to show up um, and, and share that wisdom. Um, so that's kind of how she outlines the work and that's how I feel comfortable doing it. Does that make sense? Um, okay. Um, I'm sure you could do it. I'm sure you could like, I'm sure you could do it other ways, but that's kind of like focusing on the emotion is a little bit less um, accusatory, I guess. <laughs> um, and then, and then something will come up. Like you'll get, you'll get some information, and and the information might surprise you. And as it does, um, the practice is to love and allow is to stay open um, and just listen, like um, as you would um, a two-year-old who, um, you know, wh like whatever they, they, they're, you know, it's, it's a big deal for them, but you just listen and you just um, are present because, because it matters to them. And you know that that witnessing is what they need. And that witnessing is what this part of your psyche needs. And, and what I found and what um, the work kind of, I think uh, the, the people that I've mentioned um, have, have said is that as we allow it, um, it doesn't need to be repressed anymore. So it goes away. So the reason I was able to manifest was not because I did the shadow work, but because I allowed that part of myself, like that, like that last piece is the, is the most essential um, because it didn't need to be, it didn't need to protect me anymore. So it just let go. Um, yeah, so that was a lot. <laughs> um, let's, Okay, so it's just me and you. So let's, um, do you have, well, maybe let's take like a quick, like two minute break. If any, if you need to go to the bathroom or get a drink or just take a breath. I need to take a breath. Um, and then let's, let's kind of figure out, um, let's collaborate on, on how you want to do kind of the next, the second half of this. So, there are a couple things we could do. 
Okay. 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 Awesome. Um, let me, <clears throat> I'm gonna clear the, clear the energy. I have like my little incense. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, I can't, I think matchstick, match, match, I guess. Um, Ah, and I'll light my my can, candle. Okay. okay. All right. I just want to say I'm just like so happy like to be here with you today and um, be sharing this and um, be working with you. I feel like as I was going into this, I was like, I think that whoever like the people who show up are a hundred percent like it's the experience that was meant to happen. And, um, yeah, I think that, um, I think that it's, it, I think that it's for a reason and I, it's okay if we don't fully understand that. So, yeah. Uh, just take a moment to, um, uh, relax get like, you know, <clears throat> ground into um, this present moment. Um, take a couple of breaths in through your nose and, and then a little more slowly out through your mouth. And, um, and then just first um, notice your body, notice the sensations, the feel of um, your clothes on your skin, sitting on whatever surface you're sitting on. Notice any sounds that you hear, any scents. And then um, imagine <clears throat> that you see an opening um, in right in front of you, like uh, in the in the center of the floor, um, and you look down, and it is <clears throat> it appears to be a slide, and you feel um, safe journeying on this slide. As you begin to go down, it goes as slow or as fast as you like to slide. And it goes down, 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 and you realize that it's going to the very center of the earth. You journey far and eventually it drops you gently off into a pool. And when you come up, you notice that you are in a sparkling crystal cave. Notice what, what the color of the crystals are 
the surface of the cave. Find the land. Sort of shake any water off and notice that it just kind of melts away and you feel dry quite soon. And you walk through little ways through the cave and you come upon a bright glowing orb, a large, very large crystal globe that you realize is the very center of the earth. And as you're feeling its energy and its pulse, and just admiring, you feel like its energy is, is giving you energy. Just take a moment to experience it and um, receive anything you need from the center of the earth. Notice if, if there's anyone else there, any guides or helpers or other people on this journey with you. And if there are and it feels right, you can, you can take their hands and just kind of feel the energy, just experience all of it together. And then you get a sense inside of you that it is time now to fly to the moon. And you find yourself going up in some mystical way, going through the earth, through the sky, through the earth's atmosphere, and, um, and all the way to our beautiful moon. And the moon is a bit colder than the center of the earth but you feel safe and reflective and there is a peace and a wisdom and just sit on the surface of the moon and just take a moment to receive whatever wisdom the moon has to give you. And the last leg of our journey is to the very center of the, you can say the universe or the multiverse, whichever, whichever feels more fitting for you. 
but you find that it is your, it is outfitted in your ideal place in nature. So you go to the very center of the universe by some mystical magic and and you find yourself in a place that feels quite right. Take a moment to enjoy and experience this place with all of your senses. Feel what your feet or your, are landing on or what you're sitting on. Feel how the air feels as you walk, as you sit. Notice the temperature, any scents or sounds. And know that as we do this work, you can return to just enjoying this space if you need to. And now I want you to call in your power animal, the animal with the wisdom that you most need right now. Allow it to come in whatever form it takes. Just notice and allow. And when you're ready with your animal, um, Bring to mind a situation or event that is distressing, upsetting, that is causing you some discomfort or some emotions that feel bad. <laughs> Um, and and then and then take a moment to to think about all of the the pieces of, of the event of the situation, but notice it with curiosity, with self compassion, with with non judgment, and then notice within you what emotions are coming up and locate the emotion that feels the biggest, the most intense and pay attention to where you feel that within your body. 
and just allow that emotion, reminding yourself that you're safe, receiving comfort from your power animal if you need to. Just sit with the emotion for a minute. with gentleness, self-compassion, and non-judgment. And continue to breathe. Mm. Become aware of what the sensation feels like in that part of your body. Is it prickly? Is it wavy? Is there a physical symptom that arises? And if there is, what is it? And what does that feel like without the judgment of um, the pain lens that we, uh, that we put on? And as you're ready, see if you can become aware or feel any, what part of that sensation or what part of that emotion um, feels even a little bit positive, intriguing, interesting. coming from a space of non-judgment. Is there a part of you that enjoys this sensation? And as that comes into your awareness. What else comes up? Is there any knowing or any particular uh, way of being archetype that shows up and wants to share something about that sensation or that emotion that maybe you haven't considered. How has this emotion helped you, served you, kept you safe? Just notice what comes up. Whatever has come up, thank it, thank the emotion, thank any archetype that has made itself known. 
and just create a space to witness and hear it out with love and compassion and kindness. And after it is said everything that it wants to say, ask your power animal if there's any wisdom that it would like to share or he or she would like to share. when you're ready, thank your power animal for his or her wisdom. And take a moment to just breathe and sort of do in your sacred space, whatever you need energetically to release any anything that needs to be released. So that could be to sort of imagine like shaking it off. You can actually shake if you if you prefer. Um, you can let a big breath out. Um, sort of imagine yourself like just letting letting go of any anything that you might be holding on to um from this experience this this um this situation and then imagine a a golden light coming down into your crown chakra and it comes down into your head, your shoulders, your chest, your back, your arms, your core, your legs and it just it goes down it releases down into the earth like it just clears out anything anything that is no longer serving you anything that you're ready to let go of and then imagine um, earth energy coming back up healing earth energy coming up the soles of your feet and up your legs and mixing in um, your womb space or your pelvic floor um, with that golden light and, um, and creating like literally heaven and earth coming together within you. And then it goes up into your sacral chakra and then into your solar plexus chakra, into your heart chakra in out 
into your arms and out your fingertips and you just feel like that energy that's your that's your giving energy that's your magic and then it goes into your throat chakra up all the way clearing out your pineal gland and your third eye and your crown chakra and up and it cascades out um, all through, all over your aura and um and as it does you get a sense of what color your aura is and and as it does any remnants any any stagnant energy that wants to go it just kind of flows out and back into mother earth to be renewed And when you're ready, um, and the yawning is like a good, it means that you're releasing part of it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and when you're ready, you can flutter your eyes open. Yay, I'm so glad. Yeah, yeah, because it, it's all held in our in our bodies. Yeah, because that's not because and a hundred percent because that is we do, because that's the part we don't allow ourselves to see, right? Because yeah, yeah. You what? You're scared of horses? Okay. Okay. I wonder if I don't know if you believe in past lives, but I wonder if that's a past life thing especially if one showed up for you today yeah 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 absolutely i want to be a farmer in this life <laughs> among other things um well thank you for sharing i'm so glad that that was helpful I think that we have we have a, um, about 20 or so minutes left. I think what we'll do is I'll do the I'll do the channeling because we we sort of yeah we've we've done everything else. I mean I don't think it makes sense to journal right now. So um, and this way you can kind of sit back and relax. And then if you're not able to be fully present because you just experienced like a big thing, you can listen to it after. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched any of like my life. I've only done a couple live channels on like publicly. I do um, ch some channel work. Like you can like, like a gem session, you can buy like a whole just for you kind of thing. Um, but this is going to be, I'm going to open the Akashic Records. Are you familiar with the Akashic Records? Okay. I'm going to open the Akashic Records um, and see what comes up in regards to shadow for, I'll open it for the people who listen to this, this particular um, workshop. And my, I channel as best as I can understand um, what I have come to call like the order of the Magdalene. Um, so it's, it is, it is in part 
Mary Magdalene or Mary's Magdalene. Um, but it's also kind of like um, a, a group of people who sort of, um, I think Mary Magdalene, I think it's not un unknown that she was a misunderstood <laughs> figure. Um, and, and that there was that like, there was a way of being and a way in which um, she, a way in which she was trained um, that was not like she's not a prostitute like they they actually um, Catholicism in, like acknowledged in like the 60s that she wasn't a prostitute that that was never um, a part of the story but it's still like I told that to someone and they were like, I went to Catholic school and they definitely told me that, you know, Mary Magdalene was a, a prostitute. So, you know, I mean, we weren't there, but I, but I've had experiences, maybe we were, but, but I've had, like, I, I feel very close connection with Anna, grandmother, the Jesus, uh, Yeshua, Jesus's grandmother. Um, and, and sort of that line of, um, of that way of, of training, I guess, if that makes sense. And um, a lot of my understanding of that comes from um, books by Claire Hartsong. Um, one is called Anna, Grandmother of Jesus, and one is called um, Anna, the Voice of the Magdalens. Um, but I had connections with this, you know, I mean, anything that I knew it before I knew it. Like, I didn't know what it was called. She gave language to what I had felt for a long time. And so that's kind of how I resonate. But um, I don't know that all of that really matters. It's just, if it's interesting, I'm sharing it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I open the records by reading the pathway prayer that Linda Howe wrote. It's, um, it's just what works for me right now. But I, the, I've opened the records in different ways. Um, I don't think there's like a specific way. Um, yeah. So let me just pull that up. And according to, I read once that you're supposed to read it and not memorize it. I don't know if that's true, but it, save me the trouble of having to memorize it so <laughs> um and I take my glasses off so um I I'm very I can't see much at all without my glasses so if if any kind of technological glitches like just wait if, I mean if you're gone I'll know <laughs> I can't see that much but if you can't hear me just like wave and all <laughs> um okay all right and so we do acknowledge the forces of light, asking for guidance, direction, and courage to know the truth as it is revealed for our highest good and the highest good of everyone connected to us. Oh, Holy Spirit of God, protect me from all forms of self-centeredness and direct my attention to the work at hand. Help me to know the audience of, the, of this workshop, Stardust, in the light of the Akashic Records, to see the audience of this workshop started us through the eyes of the Lords of Records and enable me to share the wisdom and compassion that the masters teach in, teachers 
and loved ones of this audience have for them. The records are now open. Oh, okay. Okay, here we go. Oh, Shadow, I have so much to say. There is, um, there is a way in which I have been portrayed. There is a way in which I have been uh, defamed. Um, and I kind of love it. You know, um, there is, there's a freedom that comes from everyone thinking that you're the bad guy or that you're the victim or that you're the prostitute. There's a, there's a freedom that comes when you are being underestimated. And that is true even when you underestimate yourself. We, as humans, we worry so, 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 so much about what people think. But it is folly, it's ridiculous. It's not, um, it's not where the meat is. And, And it serves no one except hmm, that part of us that longs to be safe, that longs to be protected, that wants to just play it cool and make sure nobody notices. But to show up, to, to go to that next level, whatever that level is. There is a freedom that comes from not being afraid to be portrayed as the villain because what's important is that you acknowledge the difference between being the villain and being seen as the villain. There, there's an energy involved in, in keeping that facade. There's an energy involved in not being aware of the parts of ourselves that we've been told aren't allowed to exist. And that energy sucks our life force because because it does, because hmm, because it takes it takes energy to to mask, hide, cover over those parts of ourselves, to lock them in the place that we know that they won't escape. That takes so much energy. And it's not bad. It's not wrong. 
but there is freedom in just opening up that space, letting people think what they might and showing up as you are without the mask. And when we begin to do that, when you start showing up unapologetically as the victim, as the villain, as the addict, things get interesting. Because those parts of you are not bad. You've been made to believe that they're bad, that you're not allowed to be that. But when they start showing up, when you start embodying all of yourself, then you, you aren't sold. You don't buy the lie that says you're not allowed. You have so much within you. You contain multitudes. And when you stifle and shut down other parts of yourself, you can't show up. You can't shine in that full way that you're meant to. It might feel, it might feel uh, unsafe to, to open the door and let those parts out. It might feel like, like you're doing something wrong, but that, is the lie. The truth is that you are allowed to exist in all of your entirety and all of your beauty. The only We only have this to say, show up. Show up with your whole self. Be very wary of anyone who tells you that that part of you is not allowed. When you show up with your full self, things will shift in ways that you don't feel are possible right now. But what is true, what is real, and you know this, deep down you know this, that those parts of you contain so much power 
so much wealth. But you have to get past the stories in your head and maybe outside that tell you that that's not true, that tell you that that those only lead to death, that those only are bad. Be wary of anyone who says only. Because you contain multitudes and you are allowed all of you. I would like to thank the masters, teachers, and loved ones for their love and compassion. I would like to thank the Lords of the Akashic Records for their point of view. And I would like to thank the Holy Spirit of Light for all knowledge and healing. The records are now closed, amen. The records are now closed, amen. The records are now closed. Amen. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I felt like that was like that was something I needed to hear too. Um yeah, do you have any any questions? Any final closing thoughts? Comprehensive resource model. Yeah. Yeah, you got like a super like, <laughs> like um yeah. Um yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for showing up. <laughs>